2015, everyone. Come on, how's everybody doing today? Great to... All right. How many of you are ready for a great year? You're ready for a great year? You're believing God for great things? and So glad you're starting the year off right by putting God first. Right now, would you please help me welcome all of our locations, our campuses, those tuning in online right now. I want to welcome you into the experience. You're going to be going to be so glad that you're with us today at Celebration, and maybe you're traveling uh, this New Year's weekend. You are going to be glad that you tuned in today because we are kicking the New Year off right. And uh, before I get into the message today, I want to share with you guys, man, just some just some amazing God did it statistics. Are you ready for this? Okay, how many of you uh, you've you've you you prayed, you've forgiven us, you've you've gotten past. All of the crowd and mayhem from the Grinch, right? Were you, did you come to the Grinch over uh, the Christmas holidays? Well, listen. Listen, uh, are you ready for this? Ten services here at the arena. We had over 33,000 people uh, attend those services. Come to the Grinch. And more importantly, more importantly, hear the gospel. And we had almost 2,800 people stand up in front of everyone and give their lives to Jesus. So come on, give God a hand for that. And uh, we're gonna get better. We're sorry if, we, if, you, if you didn't get in. We know those Sunday night services were crazy. It's really hard when, you know, when things are free, you just can't predict uh, how people are gonna come to services. We turned between five and 10,000 people away actually on Sunday night. And so we're going to get better uh, next year because we want to serve you and we appreciate you bringing your friends and your family to church that weekend. It was just an awesome, awesome weekend. And also our heart for the house. This December, many of you sacrificially gave uh, over and above your tithe. And we had our cash offering in December and then our pledges for 2015. And our overall goal was $2.5 million. We wanted to get about half in cash, half in pledges. That really didn't matter. The big picture is, is the $2.5 million. Well, we, we did not get that. We got over $3.6 million. How about that? Come on. We got... We, we received almost $900,000 in cash and over $2.7 million in, in monthly uh, commitments for next year. And so church, man, thank you. Thank you for your obedience to God. And uh, we're, we have a war chest now, and we're really going to be able to build that wall for God around this city and pour into our next generation. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that today. Uh, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to go to the book of Daniel, or you can just follow along on the screens here. And uh, as we get into this message, I do want to say that this, this message kind of sets up next week, okay? So I'm going to kind of leave you hanging. Just tell the person next to you, say, he's going to leave you hanging this week. He's going to leave you hanging. Some of you are like, I don't care. He leaves me hanging every week. You know, I'm going to leave you hanging. But this kind of sets up uh, next Sunday. Remember, next Sunday we kick off the fast, so we're going to have communion church-wide. We're going to have communion next Sunday, and then you can go eat after church, but make that kind of after-church meal your last meal. So listen, this week, eat up, buddy boy. 
because it's on starting next week. And then February 1st, we'll break uh, the fast together with communion that Sunday morning. And then so you, uh, you can go out, you can eat after church or, or that Super Bowl Sunday. So you can go and eat at your Super Bowl party and get sick. So you can, you can do that as well. Let me read here, Daniel chapter one. Verses 1 through 13, if you're familiar with the book of Daniel, lots of just great stories out of the book of Daniel. You know, obviously, if you're a parent, you probably, your kid has seen Veggie Tales. You might remember Nebuchadnezzar and the chocolate bunny and not bowing to the chocolate bunny. And Well, it's important not to get your theology from Veggie Tales. So let's read here and. In the chapter one, verse one, it says, during the third year of King Jehoiakim's reign in Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. Besieged it. And of course, uh, many of us understand and we know the history that this was when the Babylonians came and they, they, they took over uh, Jerusalem and they captured the Israelites and they brought them back as captives to Babylon. Another important thing to remember that Babylon in scripture, it always represents the world. That's why in the book of Revelations, you see, it talks about, you know, Babylon and, and in, the, in the spiritual sense and in the worldly system sense, it always represents the worldly system, the anti-God, anti-Christ, anti-word culture that uh, unfortunately uh, the world has permeated throughout the world. And it says, uh, verse two, it says, the Lord gave him victory over King Jehoiakim of Judah and permitted him to take some of the sacred objects from the temple of God. So Nebuchadnezzar took them back to the land of Babylonia and placed them in the treasure house of his God. Then the king ordered Ashbenaz, his chief of staff, to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. Select only strong, healthy, and good-looking young men, he said. Make sure that they are well-versed in every branch of learning, that they are gifted with knowledge and good judgment and are suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these young men in the language and literature of Babylon. The king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchens. They were to be trained for three years, and then they would enter the royal service. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were four of the young men chosen, all from the tribe of Judah. The chief of the staff renamed them with these Babylonian names. Now, this is very, very important here, okay? So look what it says here. Daniel was called Belshazzar, Hananiah was called Shadrach, Mishael, Meshach, and Azariah was called Abednego. So you're probably familiar, or many of you are familiar, right, with the three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Well, that, that was not their original names. These were Babylonian names given to them. Then in verse 8 it says, But Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. Now, of course, you know, the Jews had strict dietary laws. This was one of the things that separated them as a people of God under the old covenant because all of the pagan nations around them ate foods that were sacrificed to idols and many times their feasts were associated with idol worship. And there were other reasons for their dietary laws, but this was very, very important uh, to the Jewish people at that time. 
And so Daniel says, you know, um, um, we're, we're not going to do it. In verse 9, it says, now God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel. But he responded, I'm afraid of my Lord, the king, who has ordered that you eat this food and wine. If you become pale and thin compared to the other use of your age, I'm afraid the king will have me beheaded. Daniel spoke with the attendant who had been appointed by the chief of staff to look after Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Please test us for 10 days. Look at this. On a diet of vegetables and water. This is where we get the Daniel fast. This is Daniel saying we're not eating the king's food, but we're going to go on this, this, this special type of fast. It's just going to be, you know, water and basically vegetables. That, you know, obviously the, all the fruit and vegetables were, were kosher and they, were, they wouldn't eat any meat that was sacrificed uh, to idols or demon gods. And so here's where we get the Daniel fast from. Please test us for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water, Daniel said. And at the end of the 10 days, see how we look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's food. Then... Make your decision in light of what you see. I want to talk to you about how to prepare yourself for what's coming in 2015. And I've entitled this message, A Righteous Response. A Righteous Response. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that 2015 is going to be a faith-filled, blessed year, God, because you're going to be first. And Lord, we're going to do things your way in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. You know, I want to pose a question to, to all of us. You know, what will we face in 2015? What will we face in 2015? You know, I'm sure like every year, 2015 is going to have its highs and its lows. We're going to have some challenges. We're going to have some obstacles, but one thing that I can be sure of that we're all going to face is, 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 is we're going to face, once again, a world and a culture that is constantly pumping us full or, or pumping things at us that are anti-God and anti-God's work. You know, I have children. I have a senior in high school. I have a freshman in high school, and I have a seventh grader. And and every year, I'm just amazed at the things that they are dealing with, at the things on social media, at what the, the television is pumping at them. Social media is pumping at them. I, I'm amazed at how uh, uh, not just in America but around the world, it seems like that 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 filters and guards are being put down. That that there's every type of of, of filth and pornography and all these things that are just constantly, we're constantly being bombarded with these things. And you know, if you just look at all these things, it can be overwhelming. It can be overwhelming. Even when I watch the news, I, I have to be honest. Now it's hard for me to watch just a full segment of news, man, because here's the deal. It's like, it's horrible. <laughs> It's horrible. I know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? I can pray, but I can't go from, you know, from this beheading to this bomb to this murder, from this parent killing their children, from these children to killing their parents, to all of the, to this shooting at the school. Do, do you see what I'm saying? Like, like, man, it, it will mess you up. And sometimes when you look at the world around us and you look at all that we're facing, man, if you're trying to live for God, it's like, what is our response like, it, sometimes it feels overwhelming. This is what I want to let you know. Listen, our response needs to be a righteous response. 
And regardless of everything that's going on in the world, regardless of everything that's going on in our culture, regardless of everything that's going on in your own life with your problems and your sins and your failures and your shortcomings and things like that, I want to let you know that 2015 can be the greatest year of your life. And I want to let you know that regardless of what's going on in the world around us, greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And I hope that I'm talking to some people that belong to God, that are in God's house today, that say, you know what? In 2015, I'm going to give a righteous response and I'm going to stand up for God regardless of what's going on in the world around me. I'm going to be a... I'm going to be a man of God. I'm going to be a woman of God. I'm going to leave my family. I'm, I'm going to run my business with integrity. I'm going to have integrity as an employee. I'm going to be an honest person. I'm going to be sincere. I'm going to forgive those that have wronged me. I'm going to understand who I am in Christ. I'm going to know that God has a plan for my life. I know when I have obstacles, I'm going to overcome them in Jesus' name. I know that God is great. He's got all the power I need. And Jesus has already done everything that I will ever need on the cross. And I'm going to make sure, listen, I'm going to be on the offense in 2015 and not on the defense. Because if you just allow yourself to just kind of to get in the flow of the world and the culture, it's real easy like it's all of a sudden you're on defense. No, we're not on defense, church. We're on offense. We're on offense for the youth. We're on offense for our families. We're on offense for this community. We're on offense for Northeast Florida. We're on offense for Ireland and Zimbabwe and where we have churches and where we have outreach ministries. 2015 is a year that the gospel is going to advance, that the kingdom of God is going to advance, and you're going to rise up, and you're going to go to a different level in your life and in your personal relationship with God and in your family. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying today? Hey, so listen up. You better snap out of that food coma. You better get out of that chocolate cake haze. You better get out of that football funk. I can't believe LSU lost to Notre Dame. I wanted to start that fast right after that happened. What's going to be our response in 2015? Well, I think we have a great example to how to live righteously, how to have favor, how to be blessed, how to even enjoy your life in a troublesome and oftentimes even culture. We have a great example of that right here in the book of Daniel. And when we talk about the Daniel fast that we just read here in chapter one, here's what a lot of people miss in this Daniel fast. We just look at, okay, so Daniel and his friends went to Babylon and they, they fasted. So yeah, they, they, they had this diet of basically, you know, fruit and vegetables and, and they drank water and they fasted. But what we often miss many times is why they fasted. And what we just read in there, see, when they came to Babylon, the Babylonians did two things immediately. Number one, they said, we're going to rename you. And number two, they said, you're going to eat our food. We're going to rename you and you're going to eat our food. And it's in response to this, 
It's this response of Babylon renaming Daniel and his friends and them, and Babylon wanting Daniel and his uh, companions to eat their food. The Daniel fast is a response to that. And let me tell you why that was the response. Let me unpack a few things that you might not know. Renaming is very, very powerful when, you know, names are powerful. Names are powerful. And when you name something, that means you either own it, you control it, or you have authority over it. So that's why our children, they're under our authority, so we have the right to name our children. So when the Jews and Daniel and his companions came into Babylon, the first thing the Babylonians wanted to say was, listen, Daniel, and all you Jews and God-fearing people, listen, we own you now. God doesn't own you anymore. And all this God stuff, okay, that's gone. And what, 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 what the Babylonians were trying to do, they wanted to scrub God and scrub Jewishness off Daniel and his companions. They wanted to get any kind of connection with God. They wanted to send a message that you don't belong to God anymore. You belong to us. And you're going to do things our way. Let me give you some meaning behind these names that so often we think of the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and we just throw those names out there. Let me, let me tell you what these names mean. Okay, first of all, let's look at Daniel. So in the Hebrew, Daniel's original name, Daniel means God is my judge. God is my judge. Not like, oh, God's gonna judge me, but no, God is my judge in the sense that I'm accountable to God. God is first in my life. Come on, that's a great name. God, I'm accountable to God. God's first in my life. God is my judge. That's who I'm accountable to. The Babylonians renamed him Belteshazzar, which means protector of the king. And in fact, Beltus is actually the feminine form or the feminine name of the demon god Baal. So what the Babylonians were saying is, hey, no longer are you accountable to your god, Daniel. No, you're accountable to the king of Babylon. And you're a protector of him and the God that you're associated with is Baal. It was a very degrading, even demonic name. So let's look at the companions here. Hananiah, listen to this. Hananiah means, uh, his name means God is gracious. What a great name, huh? God is gracious, the grace of God. Well, the Babylonians changed his name to Shadrach, which means I am fearful. I am fearful. In other words, hey, no longer are you gonna live in grace, you're gonna live in fear. Isn't that what the enemy wants to do in our lives? He wants to unseat God as first. You're not accountable to God anymore. You're in the ways of the world now. And then what he wants to do, you're living in the grace of God, you're walking in the grace of God. No, you're no longer gonna walk and live in the grace of God. You're gonna walk and live in fear. If there's ever a time in the history of the world where there is so much worry, there is so much fear. Church, if we don't learn how to walk in the grace of God, we're gonna end up walking in fear. And that's exactly what the enemy wants to do to us. He wants to get us in fear. So there's Shadrach. Now, now the other uh, companion in this story is Mishael. Listen to what Mishael's name means. Mishael's name means who is what God is or who can compare to God? What a great name, huh? Who's like our God? Who is what God is? Who can compare to the greatness of God? The Babylonians renamed him Meshach, which means I am despised, contemptible, and humiliated. In other words, it's the definition of condemnation. 
So before his name was, God, you're so great. Who's like you? I'm focused on the grace, or I'm focused on the greatness of God. Now his name basically is a definition of condemnation. I'm despised, I'm ashamed, I'm humiliated. See, what the enemy wants you to do is he wants you to get your focus off God and his greatness and get your focus on yourself and your sins and your failures and your shortcomings. He wants you to walk in condemnation because if he can get you into condemnation, he will get you out of faith and get you out of God's favor. I hope I'm talking to a church who's not gonna walk in condemnation in 2015. Regardless of what happens, regardless of your mistakes, you know that you serve a merciful God, a great God, a good God. Come on, a God who forgives all of your sins. A God who... A God who forgives all of your iniquities. You're forgiven by the blood of Jesus. And you're not gonna focus on yourself or your shortcomings, but you're gonna keep your focus on the greatness of God. Well, here's what the world wants to do. Here's what Babylon wants to do. It wants to bombard you with so much crud that you get in the flesh, you sin, you make mistakes, and you know what? And then the enemy wants you to turn your focus on yourself instead of God. Say, man, I'm not, I'm, I'm not worthy. Keep you in that shame. Keep you in that guilt. Meshach. That's what that name means. I'm ashamed. I'm in guilt. I'm in condemnation. Look at the next name here. It was Azariah. Well, look at this beautiful name. It meant God helps me. God is my strength. God is my help. God is my source. God is my wisdom. Like I, I get my wisdom from God. They changed his name to Abednego, which means servant of Nebo. Now Nebo was the Babylonian god of literature and science. So what the Babylonians were saying is, hey, uh uh-uh, no longer are you gonna get your wisdom from God. No longer are you gonna say that God's word and God's wisdom is the priority. From now on, it's human wisdom, human intellectualism, It's human science, it's human literature. That's where you're gonna get your values from. That's where you're gonna get your wisdom from. So here's a guy that was committed to the wisdom of God. God is his help, God is his strength. And Babylon comes in and says, no, no, God's wisdom doesn't count anymore. It's just human wisdom. It's human intellectualism. You learn the ways of the world with literature and science and nothing else. Stop judging me because I believe in science. Come on, who watched uh, Nacho, Libre over the, uh, Nacho Libre over the holidays? What's wrong with y'all? Y'all don't watch movies? What, what is wrong with y'all? I know y'all didn't fast over the Christmas holidays. Nacho Libre, man, where his partner's like, stop judging me because I believe in science. And then he, whoa, baptized him. You know? What are y'all doing? All right, so... And say, no longer is God your source for strength and wisdom, but human intellectualism. Once again, I want to say this, watch. All of these names are humiliating and degrading. And here's what these names, watch, so important. Listen, listen. The enemy has a name for you. He has a name for you. And that name is designed to do exactly what these names were designed to do. You know what? It's wash you in the ways of the world and scrub God off of your life. 
Scrub God off of your marriage. Scrub God off of your kids. Scrub God off of your business. That's the ways of the world. And that's the plan of the enemy. But it wasn't just to rename them. Watch the second thing here. Very, very important. The second thing was he wanted them to eat their food. To eat their food. To eat from the king's table. In other words, we're going to rename you. And now here's what you're going to do. You're going to partake. And here's, here's what we're going to show you, Jewish people. You've been, you know, God, you know, the hard taskmaster God. He's given you all of these dietary restrictions and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Look, we're going to show you the land of pleasure. Daniel, we're going to show you and your boys. We're going to show you the land of plenty. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Don't worry about, well, look, look all those kosher cooks are gone. You're in Babylon now, so Enjoy. And we're going to give you all kind of delicious meats. Remember, these meats were sacrificed to demon gods. And we're going to give you the best of the best wines and meats and delicacies. We're going to give you everything that appeals to your flesh. And once you taste how good the world is, it'll be real easy for you to forget God. And you won't even have your original name to go back to anyway. In other words, Babylon wanted to claim these men of God for the enemy. It was a full frontal assault on Daniel and his companions and their faith. What was Daniel's response to the full frontal assault on their faith? His response was the Daniel fast. The Daniel fast, its original intention, it's not just so, hey, you can kind of Lose some weight, read your Bible more, you know, get a good cleanse. All that's good. All that's byproducts. I mean, all, all that's great. It does all those positive physical health things. But let me tell you what the Daniel fast. The Daniel fast is a righteous response with how to live holy in an ungodly world. With how to have he who is in you become in all actuality greater of everything that's going on in the world. So that you can tap into God's favor and God's freedom and live the kind of life that God's called you to live. This was Daniel's response. Uh-uh, we're going on a fast. We're not going to, listen, we might be in Babylon, but Babylon's not in us. Church, I want to ask you something. We might be in the world. We might be bombarded by all the stuff and all the sin and all the things that are anti-God and anti-God's word and all that stuff. Yes, we are in the world, but listen, we are not of the world. And what Daniel was saying is we might be in Babylon, but Babylon's not going to be in us. And I'll tell you this right now, it's, it's, it, it, either Babylon's going to get in you or you're going to affect Babylon. You have a choice. You might say, Stovall, how, how can we do that? Well, you know, we live in a city, it's whatever, a million, a million and a half people. We only have 10,000 or 12,000 people in our church. Look, there were four people in all of Babylon. They're going to take a stand for God. They're going to start with a righteous response with a Daniel fast. You know what? They're about to change the whole nation. They're about to get God's favor. The king of Babylon is going to realize that favor. They're going to start, Daniel's going to start having influence. Things are going to start changing. People are going to start coming to God. Oh, come on. Can you give God a hand? 
And hey, hey, listen to me. If you're under 18, let me, you, you think there's no hope for the youth? Daniel and his friends, most scholars say, we're 16 years old at this time. 16 years old. If you're a young person, I need you to stand up. I need you to take a stand for God. I don't care what's going on at your school. I don't care what your friends are pumping at you. I don't care what kind of temptation that you're going in. I need... for some people to start believing in God's power. I mean, do we serve a supernatural God or not? Men, listen, can God bless your business or not? Can he give you favor or not? Then why are you so scared? Why are you so scared to trust him? Why are people so scared to fast? Why are people so scared to, to, to stand up for God? You know why? Because Babylon and the spirit of Babylon and the enemy, you know what the enemy's doing? He's, man, you just, you just be quiet. Just, just stay back, take your name, and eat our food. And you be quiet, and you sit at the table. So here's what the enemy wants to do. The enemy's plan for all of us in 2015, he wants to do the same thing to us that he was trying to do to Daniel and his companions. Okay, here's the enemy's fourfold plan. You want to know what it is? It's the same thing. It doesn't change. What he wanted to do, Daniel and his friends, he wants to do to us. 2015, you know what the first thing he wants to do is? He wants to rename us. He wants to rename us. He wants to steal our identity, who we are in Christ, and he wants to give us a name, his name. He wants to put a label on us. You're an adulterer, and you're a screw-up. You got sex issues. You got anger issues. Man, no one's going to want you. No, you're this. You're that. You're not popular. You're weird. You don't fit in. Watch, watch, watch. Remember what a name does? If you accept the name, he has control over you. That's why what did Jesus say about Satan? He's the father of what? Lies. If he can get you to believe a lie, take that name, take that label, he's got you right where he wants you. That's why it's so important to know who you are in Christ. Listen, it doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter what's happened. You don't think Daniel and them felt like they were humiliated, shamed. They had been captured. They had been enslaved. They had been taken. You don't think they felt like failures, but you know what they said? Just because we've experienced that, that's not who we are. Listen, I don't care what you've experienced. That's not who you are in Christ. You know who you are? You're a child of God above everything else. And God loves you. And if God didn't have pleasure in you, he wouldn't have created you. The Bible says he creates all things according to his good pleasure. Don't equate God's love for you based on your past or current circumstances or your hurt. Base God's love for you on what Jesus did on the cross over 2,000 years ago. He proved once and for all, he proved once and for all that you're important. He proved that. You have to know I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. God loves me. Man, Jesus has given me everything that I need to live a powerful and godly life. God has a plan for my life. God has a purpose for my life. It's so important that you learn to build your core, your identity, who you are in God's word because that's who you really are. Don't let the enemy steal your identity. He either wants to give you a label, a bad name, or 
He'll give you a good name or a popular name as long as it's disconnected from God. Both are equally destructive. Huh, y'all were hoping that I had some nice fluffy message on the first of the year, huh? And wrong. Listen, this not, might not be popular, but I'll tell you what, it'll save your soul and it'll make you happy. I'll tell you that right now. Look at this, the next thing, so he wants to rename us. Then he wants to tame us. Let me just give you all four because it's kind of preachy high. He wants to rename you. Then he wants to tame you. Then he wants to maim you. And then he wants to claim you. Somebody high. Can you hear me preach high? Hey, he wants to rename you, tame you, claim you, and maim you. I don't have an organ play you. Ding, ding, ding. How's he gonna tame you? Watch, watch. He wants you to bind to that false identity. That's why he re- renamed Daniel and his friends the next thing. He wants to tame you. How does he tame you? Remember what he did with the food? He didn't offer him a bunch of bad f- tasting food. The best. What did, he wants to tame you through your flesh. He wants to tempt you with all the things in the world that might look so appealing, but we all know end in pain and a lot of hurt. Can I have a good amen? If he can tame you through sin, see, he'll get you, he'll get you in condemnation, he'll get you down. And then the next thing, he can maim you. What's a maim? A maim is wounding someone. If you look it up in the dictionary, it's, it's wounding a part of the body that's permanently damaged. So through sin now, you experience that hurt and brokenness and your past and all that. You're out of faith. He wants you to have that wound, have that hurt, carry it with you, have that victim mentality. But aren't you glad that the Lord Jesus is a healer? The Lord Jesus is a healer. And I'm telling you, 2015 is gonna be a year of healing for many of you. Come on, can you give God a hand for that? And the last thing is this, he does. He, then after that, he can claim us. Look, you just get in the way, you just flow with the ways of the world. Then he says, you do it my way. The world says, you do it my way. But we know that when God is first, that's why we say this, what, it's your life, but it's God's way. It's your life, but it's God's way. So next week, here's what we're gonna do. Next week, we're gonna do part two to a righteous response. And I'm gonna show you how these four names are actually tied in to the fourfold purpose of the Daniel fast and how you're gonna experience God's favor and freedom and blessing like never before when you make a proactive, righteous response and say, Lord, I'm gonna live blessed. God, I'm gonna thrive even in a culture that is against you and your word. Listen, we love our world. We love people. It's not about, oh, this is evil and this is bad and all that. No, you know what it's about? It's about getting full of the love and favor of God so that you can bring God's love to a lost, broken, and dying world. That's what 2015 is about. Come on, can you give God a hand for that?
So part two next week, let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your word. How many of you would say this? You'd say, uh, Stovall, listen, you can count me in starting next Sunday in some way, shape, or form. I'm going to give you more details uh, uh, next Sunday. Some way, shape, or form, I'm going to be part of this Daniel fast. I'm going to make a righteous response. I want you to raise your hand. Now look, if the person next to you is not raising their hand, raise their hand for them. Put their, <laughs> put their hand up. Put their hand up. Look, look, start where you can. I know some of you are thinking, I've never fasted before. How in the world can I do that? Listen, you can do it. Even if you got to start by blending up a cheeseburger. I'm telling you, <laughs> we, can, we, we can get you. <laughs> we'll get you started. We'll get you. We, we want you to start where you are. Father, we love you. Look, now, if you need to put God first in your life, if you need to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, do that right now. Just in your own heart. Commit to following Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Thank him for forgiveness and everlasting life. Lord, we thank you for a fresh start in 2015. God, we're gonna respond righteously and proactively and see your blessings like never before. We serve you, Jesus, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. Our prayer is that it will help you to live a God-first life. For more information about Celebration Church and other available resources, please visit our website at www.celebration.org.